All right. Well, good morning. Morning. It's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new day, a new season. And today I'm excited because uh, every year we enter into this new year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to kick that off tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll spend time, uh, day number one of prayer and fasting. And what I want to do today is simply get us ready for this new year, for this new season, for uh, our hearts to be prepared for what God has for us in 2024. You see, with uh, new seasons, with new years, with newness in general, there's always preparation that has to take place. The last thing that we would want to do is ever enter into the next season that God has for us unprepared. We want to be fully prepared, fully equipped to be who God's called us to be, to do what God's called us to do. And so for us, we're going to take intentional time over the next 21 days to pray and to fast. It's going to start uh, tomorrow on the 8th. It'll go all the way through the 28th. And we have a slide for you that has some resources on it. And so we're going to go ahead and put that up. It has a QR code as well. You can take your phone out, scan the QR code, or you can just take a picture of it. Uh, if you go to our website, cornerstoneliving.org slash fasting, there's a whole webpage full of resources just for you. It talks about what is fasting, how do we fast, different types of fast. It has a link at the bottom to articles that you can read more in depth about fasting. And so I would encourage you, if you want to learn more, want to know more, uh, want to prepare better for this fast, that you would go to the website or scan that QR code. It'll take you there and it'll better prepare you. And so as we do this, we're doing it with excitement because we're believing that God is truly going to do something as we fast. You see, as we gather corporately and fast, we're going to have a time where, where we believe that miracles are going to take place that God's presence is going to change us like never before, that he's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to set the captive free, that it's a time where we can refocus in on God, that we can experience God's power like never before. You see, fasting, honestly, is probably one of the least participated in disciplines in the Christian life. That if we're just being honest, especially as a whole, we honestly don't practice this discipline as much as we do others in the Bible. But fasting is mentioned all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus himself even talks about fasting. It has incredible power for our life today. And maybe for you, fasting is a new concept, a new thing. And, and today, I really just want us to see the importance behind fasting. Let's just talk today about why is it important that we fast? Why should we fast? And so as we talk about this and how important it is, let's just answer some questions just to be real practical as we start. What is fasting? What is fasting? Well, fasting is refraining from, from food for a spiritual purpose. Fasting, biblically speaking, fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. You see, fasting is a physical discipline that produces spiritual results. It is a physical discipline that produces spiritual results. It's, fasting is deeply spiritual, just like salvation, just like baptism, communion, marriage. There's physical aspects to all of those, but yet they are profoundly spiritual. And fasting is profoundly spiritual. It is a physical obedience that brings about a spiritual release in your life. 
that as you are physically obedient to what God wants you to do, it's going to bring about this spiritual release in your life. I think about this principle of being physically obedient, doing what God calls you to do. And then there's a spiritual release that happens. I think about Exodus 17, where there's a guy named Moses who's commanded to go up on the mountain while Joshua and the army fights. And he brings Aaron and her, two of his buddies with him up on this mountain. And we see God command Moses to lift up his arms with the staff in his arms. And as long as he is physically obedient, then Joshua and the army, they're going to win. But the moment that he drops his arms, they're going to lose. And that's how we see the story play out. We see Aaron and her so committed to this physical command that God had commanded them that they come alongside Aaron, uh, Moses and they lift up his hands. And the Bible says they see the victory. You see, the, the Israelites, they had seen God feed them with manna. They had seen God do the miraculous water come from rocks. They, they had been wandering through the desert, asking if God was real, if he was even there, right in the midst of all these miracles. And this right here, this, this, this act of physical obedience, it brought about a spiritual victory for them, that they realized that if we are, if we are physically obedient to what God calls us to do, that something spiritual happens as well, that we're not just living in our fleshly mind, this earthly mindset, but there is a spiritual thing that happens and it's the same when we fast. It's sometimes God, God commands us to do a physical act for there to be a spiritual release. And so, yes, practically speaking, fasting is going without food, but it's also deeply spiritual. You are waging war in the heavenlies. When you fast, you are engaging in spiritual warfare. Fasting brings heavenly answers to our earthly problems. Fasting refocuses our heart and our prayers. It breaks the yoke of bondage. It, it sets us free. It releases God's power in our life to do what we cannot do ourselves. And so it's bringing about supernatural protection and supernatural provision that only comes from him. It is the most, perhaps the most powerful, practical discipline that we can exercise as a human. Fasting, it changes things. It shows God just how sincere we are. It shows him just how hungry we are. You see, I would like to say that fasting is hungering for God, that I'm so hungry for God that I push away my plate, that I'm so hungry for God that I deny the desires of my flesh. Is anybody today saying I'm hungry for more of God? that I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry for more of his presence. I'm hungry for more of him, just who he is. You see, if we don't mature to the place where we hunger more for the things of God than we hunger for the things of this world, then we will never be who God has called us to be and we'll never see the things that God's called us to see, that he wants us to see, that he wants to pour out on us, the signs and the wonders and the miracles that follow those who believe. Jesus is calling us to fast. He's telling us about it. It's increasing our faith as we fast. As you fast, your faith is gonna be increased. As you fast, you're gonna pray bigger prayers, faith-filled prayers, not flesh Field prayers, less of me and more of God. And so what is fasting? It's, it's a physical act of refraining from food, but it's profoundly spiritual. And so then the next question would be, well, why should I do it? Well, Matthew chapter six, Jesus teaches 
teaches us a little bit about fasting. And I want us to, to notice the language that Jesus uses in Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, it says, and when you fast. Notice he didn't say if you fast. He said, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces, uh, that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. I was reading that and I noticed that not only when it talks about fasting, did Jesus say when you fast, but there was other practices there. I noticed if you would just skip up with me a little bit on verse two, verse five, Jesus also said, when you give, and he told him how to give. And when you pray, and he told him how to pray. And then he says, when you fast, and he told him how to fast. You see, Jesus expected us to treat fasting just like we would giving, just like we would praying. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that should be just as important to us as those. And now how many of you would say that, that you treat fasting with the same significance as you do giving or as you do praying? I know the answer is not yes for me. That oftentimes fasting is not, I would much rather give than I would fast. I'd much rather pray than I would fast. Why? Because I am having to strip myself, deny myself completely of what Michael desires. I am starving my flesh to feed my spirit. That I am hungering more. I'm saying, God, I choose more to hunger and thirst after you than I do the delight and the pleasure of food. And so we see that, that Jesus is teaching us that fasting is just as important as giving to the needy or, or praying to God. And so our, our hope today is that you would see just how important it is and what you can get out of fasting, how it can benefit you. And, and maybe for you, you're thinking, well, I know what I'm gonna get out of fasting. I'm gonna get a headache. I'm gonna get a stomach ache. I'm gonna be irritable. You know, I'm gonna have these crazy mood swings. You know, nobody's gonna be able to talk to me for these next 21 days. Maybe you're thinking, man, that's a level of sacrifice that I don't know if I'm willing to take. And can I tell you that, yes, fasting requires sacrifice, that there is a level of sacrifice, just like giving generously requires sacrifice. There is a level to fasting that'll cost you something. It will cost you something. It is profoundly sacrificial as we deny ourselves, but it has such huge spiritual significance if we would empty ourselves and be filled up with God. And so as we fast and there is a sacrifice, I want you to know that you're going to get more than a headache. You're going to get more than a stomach ache. You're going to get something straight from God that he's going to, he's going to do some incredible things in your life. And we're going to talk about those things today. But what I want you to first notice is this, is that as, as you fast, as you're weak, as your stomach's growling, as your body is beginning to detoxify itself, as your body is going through withdrawals from that cup of coffee, that second cup of coffee, that third cup of coffee that you have every single day, as your body is beginning to do that, I wanna prepare you and warn you that not only hunger pains are gonna show up in your fast, not only headaches are gonna show up in your fast, but also Satan's gonna show up at your fast. That the enemy will show up in your fast. We see this take place as Jesus fasted. When Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, I love what the scripture tells us. It tells us in Matthew chapter four, it says that Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then verse two says that after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, 
He was hungry. I love the, the humor in the word. I mean, how many of you be hungry after 40 days of no food, right? And it says in verse three, and the tempter came. So when did the tempter come? When did Satan come? When he was hungry, after he'd fasted. Every time, church, that you step out on God, every time that you're obedient to this word, you can take it to the bank that the opposer, the tempter, the enemy himself is gonna show up in your face and try to tempt you away from what God has for you. And if you know the story, you know that the enemy tried to tempt Jesus several different times to turn away and to not obey God. But, but we see Jesus at the end of that story say to him, flee from me, Satan, go away. You have no authority, you have no power. And you have that same authority and that same and that power because of Jesus, he gives you that. And so every time the enemy shows up in your face, you can speak that authority to him and say, the Lord rebuke you. You don't have any place here, you can get out of here. But we gotta know that the enemy's gonna show up. The enemy's gonna tell you, you're too tired to do this. You have too much going on to do this, that it's not gonna work, that all you're gonna do is starve yourself, that all you're gonna do is get a headache, that it's worthless. The enemy is gonna tell you that every time you step out on God, every time you do things, every time you pray, the enemy's gonna tell you, oh, that falls on deaf ears. Every time you give, you're saying, oh, the church just wants your money. That's, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. They're all, God's not gonna do anything with that. Every time you serve, oh, you're not making a difference. Every time you step out on God, pray those prayers, walk at the walk, the enemy is gonna be right there. So I do wanna share with you some actual results, some benefits, if you will, some spiritual results of fasting. In your notes, you'll see it here. Number one, fasting humbles our hearts. Fasting humbles our hearts. Maybe you don't think about fasting in this kind of way, but when we fast, biblically speaking, it is a, an act of self-humbling. We come to the end of our power, and now we have to depend on God. We might think that we're strong, but just go a few days without some food, and you will see real fast just how strong you really are not that you will, you will get to the end of yourself and you'll have to depend on God. It's humbling yourself. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 69, verse 10, says, when I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. He humbled himself with fasting. So you see, when you fast, you're telling God that there's just some things in my life that I cannot do on my own that there are things in my life that my skill set, my abilities, my influence, my experience won't cut it. There are things in your life right now that you've been trying to do on your own. You've been trying to get the victory, trying to get the breakthrough, trying to get things happening, and it won't work. Nothing on this earth will work. And so that's when you declare your dependence on God. God, you've got to move in this situation. And so as we fast, we're just simply declaring, God, we are dependent upon you that it's not me, it's not my ability, it's not what I can do, it's all about what you can do. And when you give it over to God, that addiction that you couldn't break, that stronghold that held you captive, that family member that went astray, that reconciliation that you've been praying for can happen as you fast and seek the Lord and pray to him. He can break those chains, he can restore things because you're stripping yourself of, of, of you and you're saying, God, more of you, I need more of you, more of your power, more of, more of what you have for my life. And so we must depend on God. We can't do it all ourselves. We can't walk this Christian life thinking that we can be victorious by myself. And so we see that we must be dependent upon God. I, I think of a man in the Bible named Ezra. 
In Ezra chapter 8, we read this story of Ezra leading the people out of captivity back to their promised land, back to, um, uh, back to, from Babylon to Ju- uh, Judah. And, and Ezra, he's a teacher of God's word. He's a Levite. And Ezra has gathered up all the people. He's gathered up all their possessions. He's gathered up even the temple possessions. And he's about to lead them back to their land. And at this point, Ezra could say, well, man, I've, I've made it this far. I've gathered all the people up. I've done all the work. Now we just got to walk. And he could have depended upon himself to make this trip happen. But we see that Ezra made a vital decision when he was faced with this crossroads. When he was faced with a decision, what did he do? He humbled himself. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, and that we might humble ourselves before God to seek him for a safe journey for ourselves for our children, and for all our good. You see, when you're fasting, it's not just about yourself, but you're seeking God for your children, for your family, for your possessions, for all that you have. Ezra understood the weight he was carrying, that he had been put in charge of so much that he had to steward it well. He had to protect it well, that his life wasn't the only life on the line, that his family's life, his business, his career, his friends, everything was on the line. You know, in this journey that Ezra was going to take these people through was known for ambushes. It was known for, uh, for people coming in and, and robbing them. And Ezra didn't have any horsemen. He didn't have any soldiers. He depended strictly on God. And if we were to keep reading the story, we don't have time to, to read it all, but we skip down to verse 23. It says, and so we fasted, implored our God for this, and he listened to us. And if you skip down to verse 31, It says, so we departed from there on the 12th day of the first month to go to Jerusalem and watch what happened. The hand of our God was on us and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from ambushes about the way. You see, when you humble yourself and pray and fast and seek after God and his will for your life, his hand of protection will be upon you. That he'll deliver you from the tactics of the enemy that not only you will be protected, but your family and your possessions because you're entering into this deeply biblical principle of of sacrificing self, of stripping everything away, saying, God, when I am weak, you are strong, that I am nothing. And so it humbles us to the point where we realize that I can't do it on my own. You see, fasting, fasting isn't about us. Fasting's about him. That when I remove myself, I can have more of him. That fasting connects us to God. That fasting causes us to return back to him. That's why Joel says in Joel 2, 12, he says that yet even now declares the Lord, return to me. That's what God says. God's telling the people, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning that when you fast, you're returning back to God. And so if you're in the house today and you feel far from him, you feel like your prayers do fall on deaf ears. You feel like he's distant. You feel like there's something in between you and him, a wall, maybe sin, maybe something in your life that as you fast and strip yourself of him, of yourself, then you can return to God, that you can experience him like never before. And so it humbles us. It causes us to be humbled. But number two, fasting helps us discern God's will. It helps us in discernment. 
in understanding what God has for our life. Does anybody wanna know what God's plan for your life is? Do you wanna know what God has for you in 2024? Do you wanna know what it is that he wants you to do in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, in your career? Many of us would say, God, lead me, God, direct me. I don't want my plans, I want your plans. Well, you can discover that as you fast because it clears out all the voices. It clears out all the distractions. It clears out everything and makes a clear vessel, a pure vessel so that you can hear from God. You see, we're all gonna be faced with decisions. We're all gonna have to make decisions in this life. Some of us have to make big decisions. As a business owner, maybe you have to make big decisions. There's great risk, but there's also great reward. And you're faced with crossroads every day of your life. I would encourage you before you make decisions, fast. Go to God and fast before you make those big decisions because God will lead you. God will guide you. He'll give you discernment on what to do. He will take care of it for you. There's a guy in the Bible called King Jehoshaphat. And this king, he gets, multi, he gets news that, that multiple enemies are now surrounding him. His men run back to him and tell him, King, our enemies are surrounded us. And not only that, they're right here near us. You don't have time to, you don't have time to hesitate. You don't have time to think about it. They're right here. And we see when, when Jehoshaphat was faced with this decision, he made time. And this is what he did with his time in verse two of Second Chronicles 20. It says that some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are at Hazan Tamar. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. You see, he did not wanna make a move without fasting, without seeking the Lord. He didn't want to make a move of himself. That's why he fasted so that he can remove himself, deny himself and feed his spirit. He needed discernment. He needed to know. And so what did he do? He got away from all the voices, all the people that were in his ear. What are you gonna do, King? What are you gonna do, King? What's the decision? Tell us what to do and we'll do it. He got away from everything. That's why we read in the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus often withdrew to the lonely place that he often got away from the crowds. He got away from the noise. And as you're fasting, you're getting away from everything. You're getting away from yourself. And the only, you're listening to the only voice that matters. And it's his voice. That as you fast, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you. That he's gonna speak to your heart. That he's gonna lead you and guide you. We see this happen in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 13, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. When did the Holy Spirit speak? While they were worshiping and fasting. Listen to me, when you're fasting, seeking the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's gonna to speak to you about that career decision that you have to make. He's gonna to speak to you about that new dynamic in your family or that move that you have to make or that career decision, or he's gonna to speak to you about your next ministry assignment, the next mission that he's calling you to. He's gonna to speak to you when you fast and you quiet the voices around you. He's gonna help bring discernment to your situations. But not only that, not only does he give us discernment for right now, he helps us discern our next. He helps us with the next. Number three, fasting prepares us for our next season. 
Fasting prepares us for our next season, our next season of life, our next season of ministry, our next season of parenting, our next season of work. Fasting will prepare you for the next. We never wanna move into our next being unprepared. I, I started this sermon with that. And as I was telling you that, I thought about the life of Joseph. You see, there's a great underdog story in the life of Joseph of how he made it from the pit to the palace. And it is a great story and we love it. But I tell you that in every season, when he was in prison, when he was in Potiphar's house, every season of Joseph's life, if he would have wished away all of that, just looking for the next, he never would have got the preparation that was needed. It never would have prepared him for the palace to be second in command. And so in every season, we must seek the Lord and say, God, what is it you're doing right now? What are you preparing me for? What are you doing? And so we see all throughout the Bible, great men of God preparing the way, preparing the next season by fasting. Just a few, Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights before the, the law came, before God gave him the law, before the glory of the Lord would shine on Moses and he would carry this new anointing, Moses fasted in preparation. We see Nehemiah fasted before rebuilding the wall. We see Elijah fast 40 days. And then in that time, God would tell him, listen, you need to pick Elijah as your successor. See, fasting enabled that transition, that next. Jesus himself fasted 40 days before beginning his earthly ministry. Paul fasted after he was saved. He fasted again before he started doing ministry. He fasted before the church sent him out. The church fasted. We read that verse in Acts 13, the church was calling a fast before they sent out missionaries. That was the global missions movement right there. That none of us would be here today if it wasn't for Acts chapter 13 and the church fasting and praying before they sent out those missionaries to preach the gospel into all the nations. And so we see in every season of our life to get ready for that next, we see people over and over again fast. You see, as as you fast these next 21 days, it's gonna prepare you for that next season, that next business adventure, that next family member that you're gonna add into the family that you're gonna be reconciled with. You're gonna step out in faith in this next season and do what God called you to do. You're gonna get ready. And so we fast, we take time to fast. Fasting is a way to prepare ourselves just like a farmer prepares the soil as they get ready for a new crop. As you're digging up, the inside of you, God. God, is there anything in me? Anything that needs to be removed? Any selfishness? Any arrogance? Is there any sin? Is there anything in me, God, that you need to remove from me? And you're digging it all up as you prepare, as you fast. And so when you do that, less of you and more of him, you become more attentive, more sensitive. You can hear his voice more than ever as you enter in to the fast as you prepare for this next season. Because as you go into new seasons, as you go into the new year, but every time there's new seasons, there's new challenges. That's why they say every new level, there's a new devil, right? And you've gotta be prepared for that. And so we need newness in our life as we enter into this new season. We need new power, new wisdom, new insight, new blessing, new favor. We need new mercies every single morning. You can't put old wine in new wineskins. You gotta have the newness and fasting gets you ready for that. It prepares you. Number four, fasting produces spiritual breakthrough. Fasting produces spiritual breakthrough. Many of us are believing God for a mighty move in our life this year. 
in our life, in our family, in our church. And there's areas in your life that you're needing God to bring a breakthrough. You're needing him to move. You're needing him to make a way. You're, you're, you've tried everything that you know to do and nothing's working. The reality is for some of us here today, your problem is not natural, it's supernatural. The answer then that you need is not natural, it's supernatural. And when you fast and when you pray, you're addressing the things of this life with the power of the supernatural. And it makes a massive difference in your life. Maybe you're here today and you have a stronghold on your life. Maybe you've allowed the enemy to come in through your thought process, through your actions of what you viewed on that screen. Maybe you've given him a foothold, a crack in the door to come in. And now that crack has turned into a castle and you can't get out. And you're in the stronghold where you've done everything you know to do to try to break that addiction, to try to get rid of that substance abuse, to try to break the addiction to pornography or try not to be bitter, try not to be angry, try not to be jealous, but you're in a stronghold. Fasting breaks strongholds. Fasting will bring breakthrough in your life. As you fast, as you hear from God more clearly, you understand the power and the victory that you already have. It makes you more aware of the power that is yours, that the victory that is yours. Because of Jesus Christ, you have authority over the enemy and the works of the enemy and those strongholds and those addictions and fasting clears your mind and your spirit so you can recognize what's already been given to you and, and you can break through that stronghold. There's just something about this discipline of fasting. It just, it applies pressure to those spiritual strongholds in our life. You see, if we wanna, we want breakthrough to happen, we have to maintain pressure, consistent pressure and as we fast, it's just consistently putting pressure, spiritual pressure on that stronghold. And it is God's desire that through fasting that you would get free. He tells the children of God in, in, in Isaiah 58. He corrects them about fasting and encourages them, but he tells them about the fast that he chooses. And God says this, is not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. That when you fast, there's gonna be freedom in your life, freedom from that hurt, freedom from that addiction, freedom from that hangup that you've just been hanging on to and you can't let go. You're applying pressure spiritually. You're waging war spiritually. And God is gonna bring the victory when we fast. And so fasting does something for us. It says, God, more than food, I want you. God, more than what desires me, I want what desires you. I'm stripping myself of all my earthly desires and I'm hungering for more of you. God, I want more of you. That's why number five, fasting increases our awareness of God. How do you get more of the presence of God? You remove the presence of everything else. Just remove it, that's fasting. You're taking away any power of your flesh and feeding that spirit so that your spirit grows strong. 
And as you fast, as you give up food, you're spending more and more time with God. Listen to me, as you give up that meal, you better spend time with God. As you fast, you're filling that time that you would be eating with seeking the face of the Lord. If you skip a meal, two meals, three meals, and you don't seek after God, that's not fasting, that's starving. That we must be seeking God when we fast, being more aware of his presence. As I rid myself of my fleshly desires, God, I wanna hear your voice as I press in like never before. If we were to keep reading in Isaiah 58, I love the blessings that God tells us when we do the fast that he chooses. He says, when you fast, it says, then your light, your light, that's the light of your life. That word right there is literally the opposite of depression. So when you fast, you're gonna experience the opposite of, de- of depression, that your light of your life is gonna break forth. There's gonna be a breaking. That depression is gonna break and light is gonna shine like the dawn. You're healing. Some of you are believing God for healing in your body. What does it say? It'll spring up speedily. It's gonna happen. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. What is that? That's the presence of the Lord. That what is it saying? He's gonna be your rear guard, that he has your six, that he has your back, and that he's gonna push you, push you into that next season, push you into the promises that he has for you, push you into what he's calling you to do. He's gonna be with you. And then you're gonna call on him. You're gonna call on him and what's gonna happen? He's gonna answer. That as you seek the Lord, Bible says, as you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to us. That as you seek the Lord, you're going to hear from him. This is what he's going to say. Here I am. Here I am. For many of us in our Christian walk and our relationship with God, our one desire as we seek the Lord, as we pray, it's just been for God to say, here I am. Here I am. I never left you. I never forsaken you. I was never distant. I was never far off. Here I am. And as you rid yourself of all the things of the world, as you strip back every fleshly desire, as you starve yourself from food and seek after the spirit, as you say, God, I want more of you. I'm hungering for more of you. You're gonna hear God say, here I am. I got your back. I've got your rear guard. I've never left you. Imagine what this year could look like. Starting it off with seeking after the Lord, of sacrificing something so desirable as food, pushing that plate away and saying, God, I want more of you than I want of that food right there. Imagine what God can do as you hear from Him, get direction from Him, experience breakthrough in your life, feel His presence like never before. What is God gonna do this year as you pray? And as you fast, can we bow our heads together? We're gonna ask him, God, what is it that you wanna do in us and through us as we fast and seek your face? Father, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And God, in this moment, we are taking time to reflect on your word and what you're saying to us. And Holy Spirit, you're moving in this house, leading us and guiding us, drawing us in, to a relationship with you. And Father, we don't wanna fast this 21 days just for tradition's sake. 
just because it's something we've always done. But God, we're doing it to seek after you, to be better prepared, to hear you more, to discern your will, to be more aware of your presence. God, we wanna hear you say, here I am, here I am. And so God, speak to your children today as they're reflecting now on your word. And as everybody's in this moment of reflection, if you're here in the house today, the first Sunday of 2024, and you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this year right. I've done a lot of things wrong, but by God's grace and mercy and help, I'm gonna do this year right. And you're about to make your first of many right decisions. And that first decision is to give your life over to Jesus, to surrender completely to Him that you would say that this is the year that I am completely surrendered to the Lord. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not doing anything on my own. I am simply surrendering and saying, less of me, God, and more of you. I'm giving my life over to you, if that's you today. All right, in just a moment, as we respond in worship, the prayer team is gonna be along the side walls and they wanna pray with you. They, they wanna give a Bible to you, a, a new believer's guide, but more than that, they wanna connect with you so that you don't have to do this faith journey alone. But I would love, I would love just to pray over all of those people today. They're gonna give their life to Christ. If you would just do me the favor, lift up your hands. As everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, you're saying, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Lift your hands up. Today's the day I surrender to Him. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Today's my day. I'm surrendering to the Lord. Thank you. I see y'all's hands back there. Thank you. Today's my day. 2024 is going to be different because I'm giving it all to Jesus Christ. Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. All over this house, if we'll stand together, we're going to pray a prayer of faith today, believing that God's going to do the miraculous this year. But also we're going to lift up those people that raise their hand because now heaven's rejoicing and they're joining the body of Christ. They're now in the family. And that's, come on, that's exciting. We're clapping for you because we're believing that God's gonna do something in your life. And so let's pray together before we respond in worship. Father, right now, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy, God. We thank you for your presence that's drawing us into salvation, a connection with you. We're returning to you, oh God. And we thank you for those people that are making that declaration of faith, believing in their heart that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he died and rose again and now sits at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession. He's talking to God about me and they believe that today. And so thank you for that salvation that's in the house. Thank you for the healing that's in the house, the, rec the reconciliation that's in the house today. And Father, we wanna respond to that, to what your spirit's doing today. And so God, meet us as we respond. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord together.